Welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. And as you can see, I'm actually recording this session because the guest that I have on today wasn't able to do a live show, and that's okay. But um, really great that she could come on the show and uh, grant me an interview because this is dealing with something that's very, very important to me. Most of you who have been following me know that I lost my mom to breast cancer in 2005, actually the day after Thanksgiving. It's not a day that I don't go by that I don't think about my mom. But I also want to educate you guys or the audience out there about cancer. Not a lot of people know what cancer is. They don't know what causes cancer. And today we're going to kind of delve into that um, with my guests. But before we get into the show, uh, please, please connect with me on uh, the social media sites. If you're following on Facebook, my Facebook page is facebook.com slash I'm the fat man. And that's I am the fat man and fat is spelled with a p-h-a-t so fat man and then if you are following me on twitter it's the fat underscore man and again fat is with a p-h-a-t and the underscore man and then also i'm on pinterest i'm sharing all of the podcasts on uh, pinterest as well and also my blog posts on pinterest and then i do uh pin things of other people's uh stuff that I like as well. So please follow me on social media. Really want you to help me build this community. So today, I'm very, very honored to have the guest on the show. Uh, she wrote the book, Defeat Cancer Now. I had read a lot about cancer and um, uh, the guest book kind of enlightened me a lot about what to do, the different types of protocols. And I wanted to share that with you today. I feel as though she's an expert on cancer just simply because she's someone has lived it. And most of the time when people write these books, they're writing from the perspective of not ever going through cancer. And I watched my mom go through this battle with cancer and I watched my mom lose the battle with cancer. But uh, my guest today, uh, Tamara St. John, who wrote the book Defeat Cancer Now, which is on Amazon, you can purchase it on Amazon through Kindle. Uh, you can also purchase it as a paperback book as well. But really, again, excited to have Tamara St. John on the show. Tamara, welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Your book was awesome. If I, I don't use that word very much, but your book was awesome. I learned a lot from the book. But um, one of the things that I was really taken aback by was the fact that you're writing from the perspective of someone who actually has defeated cancer twice. And I wanted you to kind of share your story to begin with of how you um, found out that you had cancer and um, found out uh, the, you know, the different protocols, but just share your story with the audience. Okay. It started, well, it started years earlier. However, I didn't, really you know I ignored a lot of the symptoms but um, in April of 2009 I had a lump show up on my left breast and you know it was visible and I knew what it was but I was in the middle of it was the year I was finishing my master's degree so I had about a month left to finish my master's degree and um, so I just didn't have time for cancer at that moment so you know, I knew my mother had had breast cancer when she was around my age, and I remember that growing up. And so, when I saw the lump, 
I was like, okay, I know what's going on. Because, you know, and I still had every day when I would come home from work, I would still need to take like a four-hour nap. I was just always exhausted, you know, between work and school. And then so the lump appeared, and I said, okay, I know, I know what this is. I just don't have time for it right now. So I put it on the back burner, and I tried to focus on – you know, my school and finishing my degree. And then about a week later, I lost my job. Hmm. So, you know, now I was like, okay, you know, now I've got no job. And hmm. I still had about three weeks left to finish my degree. And here I had a lump on my breast. And within the couple of weeks following, um, it had spread to my lymph nodes. So then I had five or six lymph nodes underneath each armpit, which were very swollen and visible. Everything at this point by towards the end of May was now throbbing and painful. Um, I mean, from underneath each armpit all the way across my breast areas, everything was throbbing. It was painful. It was really itchy at the side of the lump on my left breast. And... You know, I just said, I, I don't have time for this. I had about a week to go to complete my degree. I finally de de um, completed my master's degree. And then about the beginning of June, I just sat down in front of the computer and I, I just cried. I just prayed to God and I said, you know, I don't know what you want me to do because I have no insurance at that point, you know, I had no job, I had no money, and here I am faced with cancer. And so I just prayed that, you know, if God wanted me to live, he's going to show me a way to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I was immediately led to doing searches and things like that on the internet um, for what would heal cancer naturally. And I had already been you know, tinkering around with alternative health and healing stuff naturally for um, a couple years before that. And I also saw my mother when she had cancer back when I was like 12 years old. I saw my mother doing the juicing, um, doing the great juice diet, doing all kinds of things when she had cancer. So I saw a lot of this when I was a kid. And um that must have stuck with me. What also stuck with me was the fact that my mother had done some chemo and radiation and uh, she had surgery. Um, I, I saw her lose her hair um, and I was like, no way. So the first thing on my list was there was no way I was going to lose my hair and there was no way I was going to lose my breast and I was ready to die first. And you know, literally for me, um, surgery or toxic chemotherapy was never an option because I wasn't gonna, I wasn't about to do that. So I just prayed and um, God led me to the Budwig Protocol um, immediately. So in June of 2009, um, I had started on the Budwig Protocol, and within a couple of weeks, the lumps started to go down. And the Budweig protocol is great because it's it was just the low-fat cottage cheese and the flax oil. So this was something that I could get at Trader Joe's. And at that time, Trader Joe's was right across the street from, you know, where I live. Mm -hmm. 
So it was, and it was cheap. It only cost me about $20 more per month on my food bill from what I was normally doing. You know, I changed my diet completely and um, started doing the Budweig protocol. That was right away. And then that started working immediately. And then I added in the other things, you know, the apricot kernels and, you know, more juicing. And I started hiking that year, um, you know, and really exercising and dry heat saunas and just doing everything I could to, you know, get rid of the cancer. When the cancer started retreating in my body, um, I was shocked because then it really hit me that we've all been lied to. You know, the entire industry that tells you that surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation are the only way to get rid of cancer. It's all a lie. It's all a big scam so they can profit and make billions of dollars. And it just made me realize just how much the entire Western medicine industry, the pharmaceutical companies, they've brainwashed us for years into believing this. It's just tragic. Yeah, you, you, I, my background is I actually came from the pharmaceutical industry. I worked in the industry for about two and a half years. And the thing that kind of made me second guess a lot of things is just watching my mom and, you know, the struggle that she went through with the chemo and the radiation. And ultimately, uh, she, you know, she lost the battle. So that really stuck in my mind. And that's when I started to, uh, study and read as much as I could could possibly find to find out the truth about what's going on. Why are people getting sick? Um, my first question for you, Tamara, is mm -hmm. I, I guess it's a twofold question. You mentioned this earlier. You said your mom had cancer uh, before you. She had breast cancer. And yeah. that kind of got me to thinking. But my first question is, what is cancer? And I guess I'll tack on that to that question is, is it something genetic? Because you mentioned that your mom had cancer and therefore you hear this all the time with people. They say, well, high blood pressure runs in my family or this runs in my family. They might even say cancer runs in my family. What is cancer and is it something genetic and can we kind of, what can we do to turn it off? I think genetics plays a very small role in cancer and other diseases. It's more about, and I talk about this in my book, you know, it's more about the decisions we make as in diet. So, you know, when you're brought up, when, when people say, you know, diabetes runs in my family or whatever, you know, what they're saying is they're brought up with the same, the food choices and everything else. You're brought up to eat a certain way. So that's the way you're normalized in thinking. Um, yeah, my diet was horrible when cancer showed up. You know, I was you know, eating Del Taco and lots of fast food and um, just, you know, not, I mean, for years I was a drinker, so I used to drink a lot of alcohol and I was a smoker for 23 years and, you know, just all of these things combined with a horrible diet finally all, you know, came to cancer and, it was my body's way of saying, hey, enough is enough. We can only handle so many toxins before 
the tumors start to show up. And that's just your body way of saying, okay, can't handle any more toxins, so it's time for you to do something about it. And, you know, you, you need to strengthen your immune system. Now, had a lot of people can bypass their family genetic, you know, traits of diabetes or cancer or whatever if they just change their diet and, you know, stop eating the genetically modified foods and start eating organic and no sugar and, you know, gluten. Sometimes, you know, people need to cut out gluten and things like that. So it's all about diet. And, and so many people just don't even realize that because doctors in Western medicine tell you that diet doesn't matter. And, and you see it all the time in the cancer ward centers. Well, they'll have sugar and they'll be offering sugar too. That's how they find cancer in the first place. They pump you full of sugar and the uh, cancer cells will light up like a Christmas tree because they're running for the sugar you know, because that's what feeds cancer is sugar. Yeah. You know, you strange you mentioned that because there's some kind of, um, like even in, in the hospital setting, I know that, um, when I had to go and call on doctors, I remember they used to prescribe these, uh, if those, dr the drinks, I can't remember what they're called, but they're supposed to mm -hmm. provide all these nutrients, but they have sugar in them. And yeah. I remember someone, one of my friends having cancer and he would, he had one of those and I'm like, do you need to put that down because it it has uh, sugar in it and even the hospital food right now yeah. is not the best food for people with certain conditions and it's it's like something has to actually uh change but um i i was reading your book and it it, it struck me and um i wondered and I wanted to get this from you, just how you how you did this. How did you shift your mindset from cancer being a death sentence? Because I think with most people, once they get that diagnosis of anything, they take on that diagnosis. So how did you kind of shift your mindset and getting yourself to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this alternative thing. I'm going to uh, and I'm going to beat this. How did you do that? Uh, that took a long time because really, I mean, I just figured from the beginning, okay, well, I have cancer, I don't have insurance, and I have no money, so I guess I'm going to die, oh, well. Um, so I was really, I mean, I'd say throughout 2009, 2010, for a few years, I was just, you know, at first when the Budwig Protocol started working, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this, this alternative stuff actually works. I was shocked. I said, wow, I, I, I might not die. Um, you know, at that point, I still didn't know. I would go hiking a lot. I'd be crying every day, at least 10 times a day. And that is, I realized, part of the whole detox process. When your body is detoxing out a lot of poisons, things will come out of your body. And um, crying is one of them. Just crying uncontrollably for what seems like no reason is just a process of your body detoxifying the poisons. And I, so I'd be hiking and I would go even hiking in the pouring rain. No one would be out on the mountain except for me, the crazy one, because I figured, Hey, I'm going to die anyways. Bring it on God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh, you know, I'd almost been struck by lightning once. It was like, um, I was like, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Is that all you got? Bring it on some more. Whatever. Because <laughs> I figured I was going to die. So. Yeah, you had no fear. 
it didn't matter, you know, I mean, it was the, yeah, I was doing, you know, some crazy stuff. I'd go zip lining and I was like, well, I'm going to die anyway, so I might as well do this, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so um, it took a, a while to figure out, wow, the alternative treatments are really working. I was healing. I had gotten a rash around my neck sometime in late September or October of 2009. And uh, th with all of my research I'd done, I realized it was the epidermal growth factor receptor rash, which was coming out of my body. That's when the cancer is releasing from the cells and is detoxifying from your body through your skin. And you... And it doesn't happen with everyone. A lot of Western medicine will give you drugs to suppress that rash. And you don't want to suppress it. You know, this is your body's natural defense, your immune system kicking in, kicking out the bad stuff. And um, so I had that rash for over seven months. And, you know, I talked to other cancer patients who had had the rash. I talked to nurses. I talked to doctors, epidemiologists biochemists and they all told me the rash doesn't go away until all of that cancer is gone from your body so it took a little over seven months for me which um, you can tell how long you have the rash with how advanced your cancer is yeah. so I don't I, was, I uh, don't remember my mom ever ever having that of course I wasn't as educated back then as I am now about you know certain conditions and health so I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known or, or wouldn't have even probably paid attention. Um, you mentioned also that you had you weren't formally diagnosed at first, and I don't think you ever no. were formally diagnosed by, by well, a doctor. Well, with an H later by an HCG test by a doctor, right. yes, right, but by not the, by a. Um, Traditionally, what people think is formally diagnosed by a medical doctor taking all of the biopsy and stuff like that. No, I wasn't. Yeah. What were um, some of the symptoms that you noticed that said, hey, you know what, I got cancer? Because I think um, most people tend to ignore their symptoms. But what were some of the things that kind of alerted you before you went to get the, uh, I believe it was a Navarro uh, urine test? What was... Well, I, I didn't get the Navarra urine test until sometime in 2012 after the second time I had cancer. Hmm. And the reason, the only reason I did that was because of all of the hate mail that I'd received from people. Um, you know, it never even occurred to me how, how many people truly, you know, they don't listen to their bodies. They, they're not in tune with their bodies because they're eating toxic food, toxic chemicals. Um, but when you actually detoxify your body, you can feel every single thing that happens to your body where you actually become an expert. You can read your body very well. You know and can diagnose yourself better than any doctor ever could. Um, and I know it's hard for people to understand that or even fathom that because they're not at that point. Um, so for me, I only got the test to satisfy all of the other people. I already knew I had cancer because when you are that advanced in cancer, it's it's just it's so obvious it's ridiculous mm -hmm. that it cannot possibly be anything else.
That's how obvious it is. And, well, the first time, the epidermal growth factor receptor rash showing up, that doesn't show up on your body unless you first have cancer to begin with. Does that show up like at the, the first beginning of cancer or as you start detoxing from the cancer? If you start detoxing from the cancer and you actually get through the cancer cell wall, you have to break through that cancer cell wall mm -hmm. to get to the cancer cell itself. It doesn't happen with all cancers. It happens, It was. it's indicative of HER1 type cancers and advanced stage cancers. So either with non-small cell uh, lung cancer or with advanced breast cancer. So when I had gotten the rash and I didn't know what it was at first, you know, and I tried everything to get rid of it, nothing worked. Um, that's when I did further research and found out actually what it was. Um, I just had to let it run its course. And, but that's, I mean, that's a huge sign. When you see a lump on your breast and it immediately spreads to your lymph nodes and everything is swollen and throbbing and itching at the side of the lump, that's cancer. I mean, it, it, this is not rocket science, people. It's not that difficult to figure out your body. You just need to really pay attention to the signs and listen to your body. And so many people don't. And so many people can't see what's obviously going on in their body because they're still eating genetically modified foods. They're still filling their body full of toxins, which is clouding their ability to see what's going on so clearly within their body. And I don't know, maybe it's a gift that God gave me. I don't know. But for me, and it's worked for every single diagnosis I've ever had after cancer, I go directly into a doctor and I said, this is the test I need. This is what I have. And um, they give me the test. They come back with the same exact thing I've already told them I had. Um, <laughs> I am pretty much 100% correct all of the time because I know my body so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get in tune with your body. That's one of the things that I noticed when I got on my health uh, journey is that you get very, very in tune with your body. You know when you're feeling off. Like last week, I felt a little bit off. And I ended up leaving uh, work early because I'm like, I'm not just I'm not feeling something's not meshing correctly with me. And uh, I just know my body now a lot more than when I was the fast food, the fast food guy eating Taco Bell and all these other things. Um, you mentioned breaking down and you mentioned breaking down the cancer cell wall. And you had a really good chapter in your book about enzymes. Can you share that with us? And also Share with us what you did when you couldn't afford, you know, the enzymes. Well, I couldn't afford the enzymes in pill form, but the enzymes in pill form that break down the cancer cell wall is just bromelain. Mm -hmm. And bromelain is found in pineapple. So, you know, I figured, hey, well, why not just get it from directly from the organic source, which is the pineapple? So I would eat a few bites of pineapple every day before I would be doing the Budwig protocol or before I'd be doing juicing. Um, and that in itself was breaking open the cancer cell wall. So my alternative treatments of juicing or apricot kernels or the Budwig protocol get, would get directly into the cell. Now the Budwig protocol is um, supposed to be able to permeate the cancer cell wall in itself 
without using pineapple, but I figured what would hurt by doing the extra mm -hmm. step. So I just, and of course using, you know, positive thinking that every single time I took, you know, a small bite of pineapple that my cancer cell was opening and all of the good foods and the nutrition of juicing and whatever else was going directly into the cancer cell and reversing it and healing the cells. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something uh, as well. Um, you keep talking about the Budwick protocol. Can you kind of, because I know people out there, well, what is the Budwick protocol? What is the Budwick protocol? Can you talk about the Budwick, Budwick protocol and what it sure. actually entails? Yeah, Budwig Protocol is just cottage cheese, low-fat cottage cheese and flax oil in a two-to-one ratio, and it is emulsified together. It was um, founded by Dr. Budwig, Dr. Joanna Budwig. She is a biochemist from Germany, and she had healed thousands of patients who um, were on their deathbed from cancer using the Budwig Protocol. And it's just cottage cheese and flax oil, and you blend it together until it's like a yogurt-type consistency, or you can no longer see the oil. And um, it is it infuses the cancer cell with the omega-3 fat deficiency, or the omega-3 fats that you're missing, and it corrects the nutrient deficiency within the cell turning it back into a normal cell. Yeah, I re remember something in, in the book where it says um, it's something to do with sulfur. And um, it was, yeah, I think, a couple, sulfurated protein. Yeah, a couple of shows ago, I had Dr. Stephanie Sniff on the show, and she talked about how we were all starting to be deficient in sulfur. She did some research on sulfur, and we actually were talking about GMOs at that time and uh, glyphosate. Um, and it kind of I made that connection in my head that maybe a lot of people are getting, you know, getting cancer because there is a deficiency of sulfur as whether as well as a deficiency of uh, nutrients um, that uh, that they're not getting in their bodies. But I've always thought to myself that even when I didn't know what I know now, that it was always something simple that would defeat cancer. It wasn't a thousand dollar medications or anything that was outside of the realm of what nature had to offer. I always had that thought. And then reading your book kind of reaffirmed that to me that they're just really easy things that you can use to defeat cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Even the alternative health world, they're still all about a lot of them are all about expensive supplements or expensive, you know, cannabis or whatever it may be. But all of that is too expensive for most people. And I know a lot of people, myself included, who couldn't afford all of those supplements or cannabis oil or anything else. It doesn't need to cost a lot of money. You can do it on just the cost of food. But it just takes combining that food in a certain way and proper detoxification, that's really important, and um, proper nutrition and cutting out all sugar and, you know, exercise and positive thinking and prayer definitely helped for me. I mean, as praying all the time, I still do. Yeah, I just wanted to give you kudos on, on that because you, that really struck me in the book that 
you were someone that you didn't give up. You didn't say, well, oh, I can't afford this. You found ways to make it work. And I see a lot of that with people when they have an illness, they give up. They can't afford the medication. So they don't try to find an alternative way to do anything. And um, that was one of the things that stood out to me in the book. It, it really well, that's God. God led me and gave me that strength because I don't know where it came from. You know, a lot of and a lot of times, you know, I don't want to sit there and paint a rosy picture because it was it was definitely it's not easy being sick. And um, it just the whole thing wasn't easy. And, yeah, there were a lot of times that I wanted to give up and wanted to die. And but um, somehow God just kept me keeping on and I, I kept through it. I don't know. I really, I don't know how, other than to say it was God. Yeah, yeah, I think your faith, to me in the book while reading it, it's like your faith grew stronger as you went on. It's like your faith was kind of like, what they call a mustard seed at one point. And yeah. then it just, you just grew. I could see in the book while, how you were, it's like you were an infant. And then as the book went on, you really matured into this person who had a lot of faith. And that's one thing when people, when people seem to get, that diagnosis of cancer, they lose their faith. Everything goes out the window and they start to panic and they don't know how to think. And that's one of the things that I think you master. You were like, well, hey, I'm going through this. It's all right for me to cry, but I'm going to find a way to, to get my myself out of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going back to you beat cancer once and then it came back. You went back to doing something that doing the things, eating kind of crappy. And you mentioned one thing, and I think that, and I wanted you to speak on this for women because I, I see a lot of this uh, dealing with nutrition. Women are on birth control pills, and you said that you made the mistake of going back on, on the pill. Explain that. Yeah, I went back on the birth control. After the rash, the epidermal growth factor receptor rash disappeared, um, it was about the end of April to the beginning of May of 2010, I figured, okay, great. Well, cancer's out of my body. Cancer's gone. So I relaxed a bit. I went back on birth control pills, and I also went back to eating sugar, and I got on a donut kick. Mm -hmm. um, well, it was like my boyfriend at the time would bring me donuts, who I really think was Satan in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. Is <laughs> an ex now, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Satan in disguise was bringing me donuts every day, and so yeah, within six months, I mean, I quit all the juicing, I quit the Budwig protocol, I and you know you're supposed to continue the Budwig protocol for five years. I quit all of it, started eating sugar again, and went back on birth control. Within six months, um, it was back worse than before, and I was sleeping you know, 16 to up to 21 hours a day where I just couldn't function. Yeah, I was still unemployed too, so. Yeah, I don't know. You, you, you're a one strong woman because I've been there before where I lost my job or something like that. And I'm like, man, how am I going to get through this? And I, I made it through, but I've never been under the condition of just, you know, being sick and, and trying to fight cancer or something like that so I, yeah you know that was that whole thing just sucked <laughs> yeah but 
you know, I always say it's, it's for a reason. I think you kind of iterated that in your book that things happen for a reason and yes. you, you make it through. So it's, it's, well, it's great. Obviously, I mean, I needed the time and the rest. So God made me lose my job so I could have that time and rest um, because there was no possible way I would have been able to function or work when I was sleeping 16 to 21 hours a day. I mean, there's, you know, when I was up, that's when I was trying to juice or, you know, that, that was it. But I felt even when I was awake, I was in a complete brain fog anyways. So, yeah, yeah. You mentioned juicing. Let's talk a little bit about juicing and the importance of that when you do have cancer. And also, um, I was very happy to see in there where you, uh, mentioned a lot about coffee enemas and I do a actually I did a coffee enema, enema this morning um, and I'm very religious about doing one of those every weekend I don't get a chance to do them two three times a day but I'm very religious about doing them every Saturday just to kind of clean my body out a little bit but um, talk about juicing and, and the importance of, of coffee enemas uh, well yeah juicing you're getting in a lot of the nutrition that you need from vegetables that you can't sit and eat like five pounds of kale or spinach in one sitting, but it's so much easier just to throw it in the Vitamix or in a juicer and do it that way. So you're getting a lot of the vegetables and nutrients you need, flooding your cells with pure nutrition and all the vitamins and minerals that you need to reverse different conditions. And the coffee enemas, that is specifically for cleansing the liver because every cancer patient has a clogged liver. And you need to open the biliary ducts to be able to cleanse the liver of the toxins. Now, I wasn't, I was really resistant on doing coffee enemas for so much of the time when I had cancer. And I wish I wouldn't have been because it did overload my body with too many toxins and caused other problems, you know, health issues that I'm still dealing with now. Mm-hmm. But the um, had I been doing the coffee enemas sooner, it would have released some of those toxins from my liver because when your liver gets too overloaded with toxins and when your body gets too overloaded with toxins, it will create other problems and even death. So that's why coffee enemas are just so very important, especially for cancer patients, to remove those toxins. Yeah, I found that they're really good. I know people who have back pain and different types of things, and they do a coffee enema, and they feel uh, so much better. Um, While we're talking about detoxification, uh, I thought in your book, too, you gave a sequence of how a cancer person should detoxify, but I think that any... Everybody should kind of detox in the sequence. And can you kind of yeah. break that sequence down? Because you, I was looking for that. I'm like, I'm looking for some type of protocol where I can start detoxing. I know I'm doing these coffee enemas. I did a parasite cleanse. But I'm like, okay, well, should I be doing this in a, a, a certain order? And your book answered that for me. So can you talk about that? Yeah. And it's not just for cancer patients. It's for everyone. Yeah. Um, it is for where you need to cleanse the colon first. And... And then you cleanse for candida and parasites. You can do those together. And then you cleanse the kidneys and then you cleanse the liver last. And the reason is you want to clear the channels of elimination 
that are keeping you sick. So that's why it's meant to do in a specific order. And this order comes from Dr. Hulda Clark. Um, and I had spent so many hours just researching just different, not just on, not just through Hulda Clark, but so many types of detoxification and just found which works best and which doesn't. So I combined a lot of different protocols. But um, yeah, the order of detoxification is very important. Yeah. And you mentioned Hilda Clark. I'm familiar with her, her work. She's really big on uh, detoxification. Um, protocols. When you just said something about protocols and in your book, you specifically mentioned not to mix too many protocols. Um, why is that? Um, a lot of alternative protocols, they can be incompatible with one another. So like doc, the Budwig protocol um, it's very, very sensitive, so you want to be careful. you got to follow it exactly. And if you try to mix other protocols with the Budwig protocol, and if it's not compatible, it can actually work in reverse and can cause death. I mean, this is how strong alternative treatments and food really is because people think, well, it's just cottage cheese and flax oil. Mm -hmm. But it works completely differently in a cancer patient as it does in someone without cancer because most of the books that are out there talking about Budwig protocol they're coming from people that don't even have cancer and never had cancer mm -hmm. so they don't know because they might take the Budwig protocol but it works completely different in someone that's healthy than someone that has cancer if you have cancer and you are mixing Budwig protocol with an incompatible therapy, you will be on your deathbed within weeks. And I have seen people die because they've used incompatible treatments. I, I mean, I've seen it happen. And a lot of cancer patients are just so panicked, which is completely understandable, where they want to, they try every single therapy that they see out there. So everything they hear about, they're going to start mixing it in and mixing it in without doing the proper research first. And that's one of the main reasons I wrote the book is because what I went through is so important for people to know um, from a perspective of someone that's had cancer and someone that's beat cancer that it can be done and what to do and more importantly what not to do when you have cancer because none of the other books address any of that yeah. because they come from you know people that have never had cancer why do you think that people uh, I, I've kind of mulled this over in my head as well but just wanted to get um, your opinion why do you think that people move towards the traditional treatment versus an alternative treatment is, is it because they just don't know or is it because they're scared that an alternative treatment may not work for them I think they're just scared, and, and we've all been br so brainwashed to believe that the only way to heal cancer is through surgery, chemo, and radiation, that the only time people will ever take the alternative route is when their doctor says that they can do no more chemo, or they've done all they can, and to go home and prepare for death, and that's when people will usually turn to alternatives, um, so... It's, it's just the way 
the Western medicine and pharmaceutical companies have conditioned everyone to believe. And it's unfortunate because alternative therapies are so much more successful when used correctly than chemotherapy. I mean, it just makes sense. Why would you want, you know, chemotherapy is killing all of your good cells and your bad cells. It's killing everything. It's killing you. And the, the point is when your body is sick, you want to strengthen those good cells, strengthen those immune cells to be able to do their job to be able to heal the cancer or whatever else it is. Yeah, and I I agree with you wholeheartedly that um, with chemo you're you're really breaking down the immune system. And I've seen I I watch my mom go through that. I watch my mom just man just to think about it just really tears me up inside because I just watch her mm -hmm. go from someone who was vibrant down to really nothing in a span of you know maybe a couple of months. And I just I just knew something wasn't right. Um, Causes of Cancer, Tamara, um, your book talked about an experiment a doctor did. I can't remember his name right offhand where he uh, systemic candida, which um, I just had a test. I had a little bit of candida, which everybody has a little bit, but systemic candida and also just not having the uh, right nutrients. Can you kind of expand on that? Yeah. When... Um a lot of people will have candida and candida causes so many different health issues and candida also blocks you from getting proper nutrients um, and yeah so when you're blocked from getting proper nutrients that's when tumors can form and cancer you know cancer forms so it is yeah it's very important to detoxify your body especially from candida, parasites, things like that. And it was Dr. Simoncini um, from Italy, an Italian oncologist, who actually did that research into um, candida as the cause of cancer and um, many other, or a lot more researches out there as well to show that cancer patients do have candida in their blood. Yeah, you've worked with a lot of people and you probably still do. I don't know. I didn't, didn't ask before we got on. But um, your estimation has what is the percentage of them that that have candida? Um, you know, I think everybody with cancer has candida mm -hmm. personally. Um, I don't work with people. I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. So and I don't do um, health consultations at all. However, just in passing and talking to people, um, and candida is not always seen. Um, you'll be able to tell by symptoms, you know, and I list a lot of the symptoms in my book, how you can tell if you have candida. Um, but, yeah, candida just causes so many horrible health issues, and cancer is one of them. Yeah. Um, last thing, and uh, then I'll let you get out of here. Uh, you had a really big chapter chapter on pH uh, potential of hydrogen, and mm -hmm. you made a really good point. Actually, I just wrote about this on my blog uh, two weeks a week or so ago about alkan alkaline and and acidic and the balance and how I changed my whole uh, 
my whole thinking behind when I first came to health was all about having a body alkaline, having a body alkaline. Um, and you kind of reconfirmed to me that it's a balance. It's not always people who are too alkaline can become just as sick as people who are too acidic. Can you exactly. talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it was Dr. Ravici's work um, where he noticed that, you know, cancer patients, if you are too far on the scale, like too acidic or too alkaline, you can still have cancer in either realm. You want to be balanced, like around a 7.2 to 7.4 to be, and, and we're, I'm talking urine testing here, but... You know, when I was doing my, and I was testing my urine all throughout the day, every day when I had cancer, and I, I would range on the scale from a 5.0 all the way to above an 8. And that was another sign, according to Dr. Ravici, of advanced cancer, because cancer patients will vary on the scale that much. Whereas now, when I test my urine, I'm like at a 6.5 to a 7.2. And that's as much as I will vary throughout the day is just that little bit. Whereas when I had cancer, I was ranging from a 5 to an above an 8. So the scale, I mean, changes a lot depending upon your health. Yeah. And I lied. I got one last question for you. And you kind of um, <laughs> talked about this earlier and uh, I wanted to touch on it again. Um What's the importance of the apricot kernels? Apricot kernels are great. Um, it was, you know, they're hydrogen cyanide. It goes directly into the cancer cell and reverses cancer. And it, yeah, it's just, I think they work, you know, wonderful. And I wasn't worried about, you know, toxic effects. I did have some reactions to it and I explain all of that in my book what to do what not to do um, so but yeah it's just another it's another tool to have in your box yeah as far as I'm concerned yeah so, the, and the um, and how long have you been cancer-free now I you know I haven't even tested for HCG um, I just I got a blood test done for ovarian cancer and breast cancer um, which was negative, so I'm not. I don't even worry about that. I'm. I right now I'm focusing on healing all of the other things that cancer left behind for me. So I've got a lot of those issues that I'm dealing with. But there'll be more books in the works dealing with that. Yeah, you'll have to come back on because I know it's in 45 minutes or 45 minutes show. I didn't even touch on half the questions that I had <laughs> had for you. But you know, I know it's you have you have things that you have to do and uh, I didn't want to take up too much of your time but I'm so glad that we got a chance to connect because I remember seeing your stuff on Facebook a while back and I was like man I need to connect with her especially on this on the, the issue of cancer because of you know just my background and what I experienced with it and someone yeah. I lost that I loved so I was like I need to connect with her and have her on but is there anything you wanted to add before we before we end? Well, we can let people know where they can find me online, where they can get my book, where they can see my blog at tamarastjohn.com. Sure. It's T-A-M-A-R-A-S-T-J-O-H-N.com. And um, 
you can get my book there, Defeat Cancer Now, where it's cheaper than it is from Amazon. So, but you can also get it on Amazon. Yeah, I got the Kindle version. I'm I, like one point I had to have like the paperback version. I'm like a big lover of paperbacks because to me it's concrete. And then I got a Kindle, and I fell <laughs> I fell in love with Kindle because now as I'm reading, I can highlight as I read. You can do that in a book too, but trying to read in the bed at night and highlight doesn't work. But with the Kindle, I can just put my finger on it and and go down there. But again. Your book is on Amazon. You can go directly to your site. And you're, you have a Facebook page as well, don't you? Yeah, I've got a few Facebook pages now. Um, the Alternative Health Solutions page and uh, Tamara St. John author, um, my author page, which just started the other day to keep up to date on what I'm doing, which, which books I might be working on, inspirational stuff. But the health side is on alternative health solutions and you can connect to that from my blog yeah great and your name sounds like an author's name like when i first saw your name like tamara st john that sounds like an author <laughs> so you have a you have, you have a great name um so again the book is defeat cancer now you can find the book on amazon you can also go to tamara's site which you mentioned a couple of times on the show here and um support tamara all of us people out here are doing something for health and I love to kind of help people spread their message especially if they authored a book or if they're doing anything positive in the community to help keep us healthy so please support Tamara St. John and next week I don't know who will be on the show this is a recording but I'm sure it'll be a good show and thank you for listening this has been Darren Fatman McDuffie with Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio and I will see you on the next episode thanks thank you